Did I see Jill Yanzginski in here? Come up here, Jill. She is. Where's the mic? Grab that mic. Say hi to everybody. This is my former youth pastor. Years and years and years and years ago. As a matter of fact, I taught this girl how to use an alarm clock. We're going to bring that up again. We're going to relive that story. We're going to relive it. Over and over and over I love this lady right here. He taught me a lot. Thank God. Tell him where you're living. I'm living in um, Springfield, Massachusetts, which is originally where I was from. But I grew up pretty much very much like a Bedouin, here, a little here, a little there, a little here, a little there. So, um, but God, when God brought me here, this was the first place that God brought me that I really had family and that God caused me to grow spiritually. Um, God brought me to Bible school, but I didn't really grow in Bible school. I got a whole lot of head knowledge. I thought I knew a whole lot of stuff, but when God sent me here, and when I say he sent me, he sent me here with specific instructions to come and sit and to do whatever he tells me to and whatever um, Pastor Daryl needed. And when I did that, it made me, it gave me all sorts of opportunity <laughs> to apply all that head knowledge. And I found that a Bible-believing church is better to be in and learn and grow than going to a Bible school. But I'm not negating that it's a good thing. If God calls you, then go. Just be obedient. But don't think because you haven't been to Bible school that you don't, that it would, you're missing something. Because you're not missing anything. You're exactly where God places you. If he's called you to be here, then be faithful. Plug in. Be obedient to the spirit of God. Learn and grow. And you'll see God move greatly through you. Amen? Amen. There you go, girl. Jill and I had a lot of good times together. She came one time told me, she says, my alarm clock didn't go off. I said, buy another one. I said, I don't care if you have to get 10 alarm clocks. <laughs> but she turned out to be quite the little blessing. And I'm going to tell you something. She was probably still to this date, probably one of the best youth pastors we've ever had. And um, in matter of fact, Josh Brown was in her youth group. And uh, he is what he is today because of her. Anyway, amen. So we got another one. Uh, Rosa's selling her yard. June the 22nd. Uh, all of it's going to be here at the church at, from 8 to 3. I don't know what all she's selling in her yard, but her, this is a yard sale. Okay, then pizza with a pastor is June the 28th, uh, 6 p.m. And what that means is that if you've never been through one of our membership classes, it's not membership. It's just, you know, you come get to know us. Um, we want to get to know you. Um, also, uh, let me see. Let me see. All the rest of this stuff is, is everybody knows all the rest of this stuff. Are you all ready to receive this evening's tithes and offerings? Mrs. Mr. and Miss Condon are back with us tonight. If you weren't at the wedding, you missed it, but they are officially hitched now and, um, and doing well. I asked them if they wanted marriage counseling now because uh, the first time I saw them they had stars in their eyes. We've got to give them a month or two to come back and go, uh, well, you, you know, pray for me, amen. 
Amen. Are you all ready? Let's pray. Father God, thank you for your goodness and mercy on us as a church. Thank you for everything you've done and are doing in our lives. You are a good God. And everything that we have today is because of you and Jesus and the blood. Father God, our our sowing into churches is just our way of saying thank you. We love you. We, We trust you. We give you all the glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Before you get out of here tonight, go out back. The fence for the basketball court and the, the playground is up. Amen. Y'all ought to see it. At least go by if it's not raining and go out there and see it. Amen. Someone hit play. go to Mark chapter 11. Jill, you've never heard this preached before? Never. We're going to talk about desire, the key to answered prayer. Let's talk about prayer for just a minute. I want to say something to you, and I want you guys to think about what I'm saying. There is nothing on this planet more important than you walking in the throne room getting your prayers answered. Amen. Nothing. When you need money, you need, you need to learn how to get your prayers answered. When you need a job, the doctor tells you things aren't going well, I don't care what it is. There is a person who can fix anything. His name is God. People can't. They may want to. And we may try. But we can't fix everything. So, so one of the greatest things you'll ever learn in your entire life is how to pray. And I have found that no matter how much you preach on it, there's people who do not know how to get an answer from God. And I think sometimes we have made it confusing. I think pastors have actually helped the problem. Because there's people who wouldn't dare say, I don't get my prayers answered, um, because how stupid we would look. Um, I've had a lot of prayers answered. I've had some that didn't. And, And... Whenever you're praying and nothing's happening and no one can help you, you know, it gets pretty desperate. Then you start scratching and clawing and screaming and trying everything, you know. And and so so having learning how to get a hold of God, because God can do anything, and we know he can. But getting him to do it is a different thing. So how do you get him to answer the impossible stuff? He will. He will. There's not a problem you've got that he can't fix it. Amen? So Mark 11, 20, Mark 11, 24, this is the scripture Kenneth Hagin put in the Bible. The Baptist put John 3, 16, um, Ephesians 2, 8, and 9, Kenneth Hagin. The Pentecostals put Acts 2, 4 in. Kenneth Hagin put this one in. Because he preached on it so much, people think that he wrote it. But he didn't. Jesus made a statement. I'm not going to go over all of it. I just want to go over one piece of it. It's going to take us all night just to get through one small piece. Therefore, I say to you, whatever things you ask when you pray, if you believe they're granted, you'll have it. That's powerful. 
He didn't put any. He didn't put anything on there other than the fact that he said, "If you have ought." We don't have time to get into this right now, but I'm going to make a statement right now. Offense will kill you. Dead as a rock. If you have strife in your home, get it out. You say, well, it's in my wife. Well, I'm going to tell you a secret. It takes two people to tango. You do not have to fight with anybody. You can sit in like Jesus and just say nothing, draw in the dirt for a while. But, but you, can, you can decide, I'm not going to get into strife. I'm not going to do it. Because it's deadly. Satan will drag you there. Amen. It's been working. It's been working for years. So having said that, let's go back to 24. Now the King James, and I want you to put, not New King James, but please put King James Version up. Betty Lowe's, please forgive me. I did not tell you that, but I'll wait on you. Therefore, I say to you, what things soever you desire, pray, believe you receive them, and you'll have them. The Jewish Bible says it this way, and I say to whatever you desire, believe you take it. Believe you take it, and you'll have it. Now, we're going to talk about the word desire here. Go to, the, go to Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1. So he's not talking about God's desires. He's talking about yours. But what I've learned, and listen to what I'm about to say, hope has more to do with you getting your prayers answered than faith. It got real quiet in this Presbyterian church just now. We've preached faith, 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 faith for years. But Jesus is about to make a statement, or Paul is, faith, now faith, is the substance of what you're hoping for. And what I'm starting to watch is people who have become hopeless. When hopelessness hits you, you're down. It might be more important for you to learn to deal with hope than the faith part of it. Now, let me say something about healing. I believe everybody believes in healing. So that isn't really the subject when someone's sick, is it? It's quiet here. That's all right. So faith, now faith is. Let's take it apart. Let's go real slow. Faith is. Faith's not going to be. Faith is never tomorrow. It's always right now. Now, why is that? Now, I'm going to make another statement. When you're believing God for something, now, just listen as I say what I'm about to say. We say we're calling things that are not as though they are. Okay, they are not here, but they do exist. So you got to know this. Whatever you're praying for, it already exists. It's just not here. You're, let me say it to you another way. If you take the leg off of your chair at home, oak, oak, cut it off with a saw, take it outside, and plant it. What would happen? 
Nothing. All right, now I'm going to say something right now, and I'm going to blow your little mind. I, I know that there's a book out there called The Tongue, The Creative Force. Your tongue couldn't create a BB. The, the title's wrong. That's okay. You know, you learn some things after a while, and, you, you know, the faith movement got going, and people started learning how to do things. And, you know, I'm, I'm not here to, I, you know, me versus someone else. You, you can't create an oak tree. You can't create anything with your mouth. But you can plant an acorn. And what happens? The Word of God is already alive. You're not creating anything. That oak tree exists. It's just in a nut. But it exists. That oak table is there. It's just in a nut. So everything that you're believing for already exists somewhere. So when it says faith is the substance of what you're hoping for, the evidence of things not seen, it means not seen with these eyes, does not mean that no one else has ever seen it or can't see it. All right, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do something right here. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try my best. to. I'm, are you all okay? Because I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to show you how to pray and get all your prayers answered. It's easy. Is that fair? So give me a little while. I have right here a, a life and a health insurance card somewhere. There it is. Do I have life? Do I have health insurance? I've never seen it. All they ever gave me was this card. Am I making sense now? That does not mean it doesn't exist. It just means I have never seen it. Now, that means that somebody, probably Lisa and her sister, sat down and they went through all the paperwork. When I turned 65, it got me on Medicaid, Medicare, whatever meta this is, part A's and B's and all that stuff. So I have noticed when I go into the doctor now that the bill is like 20 instead of 150. I like that. Now, I don't know what they're reading, and I don't know what they're doing because I've never seen it. That doesn't mean it's not there. It's somewhere. I got insurance somewhere. I'm sure there's a building with my name and some money somewhere, and I'm sure. Right now, everything you're believing God for, it already exists. You, we we got to get over this. We're using our mouth to, to make something. No, you're not. So, so let's back up, and I'm going to make something real simple, and I'm going to prove it to you. Does salvation for every sinner exist? Yes. Where? Well, for the lack of a better word, in the spirit realm. Is that fair? Okay. Jesus died, took his blood before the cross. I, I've never seen heaven. I've never seen the blood. I ain't never seen altar. I've never seen mercy. They say it's there. And I have a book like my card that is the substance 
of what I'm hoping for, the evidence of what I can't see. That doesn't mean it doesn't exist. Salvation exists. We go out and talk to sinners in the street and go, hey, you need to get saved. How do you know when they pray the prayer of faith that God is going to save them because he really isn't going to do anything? Already did it. They're, they're taking it from that realm and pulling it into this one. Am I right? Am I right? This is not hard. This, this is actually real simple. So salvation belongs to everyone is reaching over and taking it because not everyone has taken the faith or come up and pulled the card out that says, here's the proof that that's yours. See, you know how many people I've walked up to and I've talked to them for a few minutes and, I've, and after a while they're like, well, you know, I'm no good. And I go, okay, well, let's, get, let's go down that. And they say, well, you know, I've done a lot of things wrong. And I go, yeah, well, let's talk about that. And finally, the, I just say, well, do you believe Jesus died for you? Yes, I do. And then I open up a copy of a blood covenant. Now, your salvation all this is, this is what produces faith. But we're reading a document sealed in blood on something that exists. And we're going to pray and it's going to come from that realm to this one the moment you pray. Does everybody agree with that? That's not hard to do, is it? All right, the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Because many of you grew up in a denominational church. It was always yours. But you never read the will. No one ever told you it belonged to you. You went through life without the help of the Holy Ghost. And one day someone opened up this and faith came. But the baptism of the Holy Ghost had always been there. It, it, you didn't create it with your mouth. You just prayed it from there to here. Every, now listen to me, everything you need has already been given to you by Jesus and it's in the Spirit. Say, say, Paul, say this is good. This is good. Thank you, I just thought I'd help myself out a little bit. <laughs> you know, there's years, I, 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 I went to Bible school like she said, I heard all this. And I'll be honest with you, when I left, I'm like, I am so confused. Have y'all ever heard people preaching? And I've heard sermons, don't get mad at me, on the cat of nine tails and all. You know what that means? Nothing. There's just someone preaching. All that happened on the cross is Jesus took your sins. Sins were paid by blood. And once the sins were paid, you were made righteous. And now you have access to the throne room. I saw that. You don't need to go into the, the, the 18 different whiplashes from the 18 diseases or whatever. It makes for good sermons, but it's really just a bunch of hooey. It don't do a thing for your faith. It don't. So the faith is substance of what you hope for. Now let's talk about hope. Hope is a dream. 
One of the biggest mistakes you and I have ever made is to stop dreaming because the doctor said, and you became hopeless. Cancer. Oh, my God. I got an aunt out of cancer. Everybody in my family died of cancer. And, and what's happening is the doctor will say to you, we don't want to get your hope up. And they will tell you that because if you they do, you'll sue them. And so a hospital is the absolute worst place in the world to get healed. Because it's the most hopeless place you can be laying. So what do we do? Faith is the substance, the proof or the balloon. All right, let's go over this because I've got to say it this way. What good is hot air? You heard people say you're full of hot air. I've had people call, accuse me of being full of hot air. I know you don't believe they said that to me, but they actually said that to me. So what good is a balloon? It's no good either. A balloon is substance. But what happens when you stand it up and fill it full of hot air? Oh, now fly away. Your faith or the word of God must have hot air. Therefore, when Satan comes after you, he's actually coming after your hopes and your dreams because the faith won't work if you have no dream. I'm going to prove something in a minute, but listen to what I'm about to say. The language of the Holy Ghost is always dreams and visions. When he's talking to you, he will paint pictures on your soul of a future day. This is the reason why you don't want to go to a church where they in honor God the Father, God the Son, but we don't want that Holy Ghost guy. You need that Holy Ghost guy. Now, remember Jesus said, the Holy Spirit will take what's mine and show it to you. If he doesn't show you, you have no hope for the faith to work in. See, sick people are sick because they see themselves sick. I don't mean that, th that there's mind over matter. We're not talking about positive thinking. But there's no place that sickness is bigger than God. Isn't big, cancer's not bigger than God. It's not any harder for, for God to heal cancer than it is to your runny nose. But he can't operate apart from your faith and your faith has nothing to hook with because you've become hopeless. You're looking at the problem and now you have no hope. Now, what I just said to you, this is, this, this is why it is so hard to walk in a hospital and get someone healed. 
Don't get mad at me. Because you're going, what happened to God? It's not up to God. You're laying there, you, you, there's an IV here and an IV there and a thing in here and a thing in there and we're asking you to believe you're healed? Do you see it? And you're going, no. I'll say nothing about in my body. So that's why you have to learn to develop hope over a period of time. All right, let me back up a minute here. I'm going to show you something. Everything God has ever done in me, everything, he has always given me a vision of it in my heart. Now, I'm going to tell you where it began. First of all, it began with me going to Ramah. When I show you the pictures of where I lived, I had no money, no job, and no clothing. I was broke. What happened to me when I started praying in the Holy Ghost? I saw me standing on a platform preaching. What is God doing? All right, I'm going to use a word here. He's getting me pregnant with a dream. Just like he, just like he got Mary pregnant. Now, I got a sign out there. If you can't see what you can't see, you'll never see it. This is how faith works. So I'm going to ask you a question. It's a stupid question. God made everything out of nothing. But when he said the word cardinal, do you think he was shocked that it came out red? Do you think he saw that bird before he said it? Absolutely. And we have been given the same ability. God will always talk to you. He will always show you things in your heart. And then he'll ask you, to start praying about it. What's happening is, is the Holy Spirit is getting you pregnant with a miracle. Now, when I was going to Ramah, well, I went out to Ramah based on the vision that I had of me standing on platform. And all of my actions were not because of what I could see here, But what I saw here, I saw that I'm a man of God. I saw that. And that changed me inside me. And then I followed what I saw. It existed. And I am looking at it. Faith is a substance. Wait wait a minute. We walk by faith and not by sight. Now, wait a minute. we're, We're not walking by our eyeballs. But we are walking by something we see. Where are we seeing it? Inside us. Okay. So I see me as God made me. That is causing me to follow God and pray. And I'm praying out 
Everything happened. All the money I needed, everything happened because I'm praying. But I'm not walking by, I'm not walking blind. I actually do see something. All right. I get out in Rama, and the Lord started talking to me about flying airplanes. And he started, I started getting pregnant with flying. So I had a Honda Civic. Now, don't laugh at me. I would get in my car, and I'd roll the window down and go, clear prop. <laughs> and I'd back out and call the tower. One, two, three, four, x-ray. We're pulling out on Broken Air Expressway. You know, flying, you know, zero nine zero to Athens, Georgia, climbing to 5,000 feet. And, I mean, I, I, I flew everywhere I went. What am I doing? It's, I, I'm dreaming. I'm dreaming, Paul. When I got here and became a youth pastor, somebody walked up to me one day and handed me 50 bucks. And I went, I know what that's for. That's flight lesson. Airplane was $28.00. Uh, flight, uh, uh, $10, $11 for the instructor. And you never flew for an hour. It was like an hour, one, two, three, four, you know, hour, point one, one point. So it was always, lesson was always about $45, $50, So every $50 bill that came, I went out to Orlando country and started flying. And in June 1st, 1988, I went down and Mr. Boschlog gave me my private pilot's license and I was flying. But it started in a Honda Civic in Tulsa, Oklahoma, flying my car. Now, hold on a minute, because Jesus said something to us, we missed it. If you don't have faith like a child, we missed that. He didn't tell you to be childish, because if that's true, some of y'all really are doing well. Kids, I'm a fireman. He's five. I'm a fireman. I'm a policeman. I'm a school teacher. I'm an army man. What is the kid doing? He is following the things that God is putting in his heart. Amen. All right. You, you've got to walk with God to get these God dreams and visions inside of you. L listen. You can't believe for a healing apart from fellowshipping with God. It, you, just because you pick up and quote a five scriptures doesn't mean squat. All right, now let's go back to me again. When the doctor looked at me and said, Mr. Morgan, you've got congestive heart failure. Now, I'm, gonna, I'm not going to get into why, but I'm going to tell you this. Uh, I've never chased any wild women or stolen any money, but I have been mad at people. That's how I know now, don't get mad at people because it'll make you sick. Okay, that's just, that's just a ploy of the devil. Okay. So I go to the doctor, and, and I, the day that I went, the Lord said, get your Bible, you're going to be gone a while. I just always wished he'd have said, you're healed, but he didn't. Went in there and they took tests on me and came out and said, you have congestive heart failure. Now, I'm just going to tell you all this because I didn't want to tell you then because I didn't want you all to agree with the doctor. People with congestive heart failure live about a year. That was 10 years ago. So the doctor the other day telling me that I was lucky. I'm not lucky. But here's what the Lord started talking to me. He said, I want you to focus 
on what I've called you to do. Now, mean that I've got an issue. I'm denying its right to kill me, and I'm not, listen to me, I'm not on the internet studying congestive heart failure. What in the world do you want to study disease for? So you get a good image of it? You, yeah, that's the stupidest thing. I, you're dumb as a rock. That's stupid. It's stupid. It's stupid. I want to slap Chris. Don't study the problem. So, with, so Psalm 91 said, with long life. Now, here's my scripture. He forgives every iniquity. He heals every disease. I will run and not be weary. I will walk and I will not faint. So I started planning a trip to Alaska. See, people who are dead don't go to Alaska. Now, what am I doing? Now, I'm, be, I'm doing something. I'm reading my Bible. Yeah, yeah. But see, I'm taking this and I'm plugging it into a dream. He did not call me to die early. Do you all understand that? It is not God's will that I die early when he gave me. Well, you never know what the Lord will do. Well, I've already decided I ain't cooperating with that. So if I'm going, now healed people go on vacation. How many of y'all know how hard I fought my soul to think Alaska. But I planned it and I dreamed it and I dreamed it and I dreamed it and I talked it and I talked it and I talked it. What am I doing? I got to have something for the word to work in. Are y'all out there? Did you go home? So the day that we get to Alaska and, and, and I'm going to be honest with you, the little gondola took me halfway up. But the other half, I walked up it. And I ran the last 50 yards, and I stood at the top. There's a cross up there, and I said, Hey, devil! I ain't dead! And I just climbed the mountain! I was out of breath as heck. But I'm glad y'all weren't there because y'all would have said, are you okay? <laughs> are y'all? I, I, now, I don't hang around people who talk old. Old is overrated. I just, I just, I don't have time to, t I'm not, I'm not in denying I'm just not cooperating. I've got things I've got to do. Lisa called, I'm remodeling the house, and she says, it's the Lisa Morgan Rehabilitation Program for Daryl Morgan. And she's taking pictures of me up on the roof laying brick and laying block. And, and I'm going to tell you, there's days I walk in and go, into bed. But I'm going to tell you something. It feels good to work eight hours outside. At 65, going on 66, when I'm watching all of my friends, and I gotta tell you, they don't look good. 
I don't, I don't talk it. Are y'all out there? I'm, I, listen, I plan, I plan, I'm going hunting this year. Now, now let's, let's talk about that for a minute because y'all may think that's something that's carnal. But for me, it was not carnal because I've always hunted and I'm always going to. Amen. And when I shot that deer and he jumped off the cliff, <laughs> Lisa will tell you, 300 yards that deer slid down that hill. And I said, you saw, you know good. Now, 21, that wasn't a big deal, but, but then I, I ain't talking no trash. I said, I'm going to come down there and get you. And I went down that hill and tied a rope to that deer, and Dan took it and hooked it to the Jeep, took a rope, 300-yard rope, pulled me and that deer up. I'm, I'm going to tell you something. My, all the way up, my body's going, you crazy. You've lost your mind. <laughs> and I got that deer up. See, all of those are, are that helps me. Because I'm not, I don't think, walk, talk, or act sick. I'm not going to. You say, what if it don't work? Well, I go to be with Jesus. Do you all understand everything I've just said? Your mental image has more to do with your walk with God than almost anything else in your life. Now, people have said to me, well, you don't know what we've been through. I'm going to say something to y'all. I've been to hell and back. I've been through a marriage falling apart. I've been fired. I've, I've been through stuff, guys. But I don't let it in my soul. I have. I have. I have. And it creates a depression. When you're depressed, it's because you're looking at the problem. And on the TV, they have all these drugs. You don't need no drug. You need to get your mind right. Are y'all okay? So, how do I know when you're in faith? Because you're full of joy. You're not full of joy. You're not full of faith. See, dead people, they're not happy. Even when they're laying down and you're staring at them. Boy, I'm trying to see where I am right now because I'm jumping all over my notes and I don't know where I am. Genesis 11, 6. Let's get in the Bible and see if this is actually so. Are you all ready? Genesis 11, 6. Every time God ever wanted to do anything in the earth. He gave man a vision of it. What he wanted to do beforehand. Now I'm going to read 11.1. The whole earth had one language, one speech, and it came to pass as they journeyed from the east, they found a plain in the land of Shinar, and they dwelt there, and they said to one, and brick for stone and asphalt for mortar. And they said, come, let's build ourselves a city, a tower, whose top is in the heavens. Let's make a name for ourselves. Thus we're scattered abroad over the face of the whole earth. God told them to go over the whole earth, and they said, no. And the Lord came down to see the city and the tower the sons of men had built. And the Lord said, indeed, the people are one, and they have one language, and this they began to do, and nothing they purposed. King James says, nothing they imagined. 
Now think about this. We t- God is talking. Nothing that he puts his imagination on is impossible for him to bring it to pass. That's incredible. We'll tell you that a sportsman needs to get in the zone. You've got to learn when you mess up on the field, blow it off. You get your mind back in the game. Now, you hear people say that all the time. That's, this is the world talking. The moment you see yourselves beat by the other team, you're beat. Don't walk out on that field and go, my damn Bulldogs are good this year. Because you're beat now. I'm, but I am telling you the truth, aren't I? Not about the dogs. Got to get off the dogs for a minute. Children of Israel saw the giants and said, they're too big. We can't defeat them. What are they doing? What are they doing? They're they're looking. David saw Goliath. The size of him didn't change David. He said he's too big to miss. So what is David seeing? He sees Goliath dead. I'm going to kill you. I'm going to take you out. I've said this before, and let's talk about the world, just the world. When I was a boy, we had a cartoon called Dick Tracy. Dick Tracy had a watch. We have a lot of kids that are talking in their watches right now. So listen as I say what I'm about to say, because I'm gonna, I want you to understand what I'm about to say. Man's imagination pulled the technology from the spirit realm to make that happen. What did not exist when man dreamed about it came into the spirit realm because somebody imagined it. You are a very powerful being. Satan wants your imagination. So does God. That's awesome, guys. The Wright brothers' dad was preaching against flying while their boys were at Kitty Hawk. Their dad was a pastor, and he preached a sermon that day. If God had wanted man to fly, he'd have given him wings. But the boys saw it, or they never would have built the plane. What you're doing now, good and bad, is because of what you see. You rob banks because you see yourself broke and the world is against you. That's why you do what you do. Or you're working hard because you see yourself getting ahead and making something of your life. You're not doing anything right now that you don't see it. 
And it may not even exist. So you're actually using this principle all the time. God just wants you to kick it up and start dreaming bigger than you've ever dreamed before. I am healed. That is in the spirit realm and it's mine. And I see it. Do I feel it? None of your business. <laughs> Did y'all see that? I'm, all right, let me say something to y'all. I'm, I'm going to mess your head up for good. You ever heard anybody say, I am believing for my salvation? No. Because they're saved. You ever heard anybody say, I'm believing for the Holy Ghost? Then why don't we hear faith people say, I'm believing for healing? Because you don't have it. And you never will. Because there's no faith in that statement. I'm saved. I mean, if I sin, I'm still saved. Am I filled? I'm filled. And I'm healed. How do I know that? I read the, I read the book. I got a document right there that is the substance of what I'm thinking about. I'm not, I, I don't, I don't, I don't see sickness more powerful than God. Now, now let me stop right here because you spend your time thinking about everything that's not important. Then you get a doctor's report and you're dumb. I think healed every day. I'm not using my faith when I get in trouble. I'm using my faith all the time. I'm constantly using my faith. I run, I'm not weary. I walk, I'm not faint. I'm blessed coming in. I'm blessed going out. The prayers of a righteous man avail much. I'm allowing the word of God. I put it in my mouth and I'm allowing it to govern what I think about. I, 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 I stop myself and go, I don't think about that. Let's don't talk about that. That's none of my business. It's not important. Stop. Leave it alone. Are y'all out there? Not just when I get a doctor's report. So when I get a doctor's report, I'm like, that's a lie. I've been on this thing. See, A, God designed you as a son of God to live. We walk by faith. Not when you get sick. All the time. Say wow. Say it backwards. Oh, y'all are. <laughs> Genesis 15. Yeah, go to Genesis 15, verse 5. Now, now look at Abraham. God says, you're the father of nations. And he looks at himself and goes, I am one old geezer. I'm impotent. Mama ain't. Mama ain't. No. Now, I'm going to say this because there's no kids in here, and y'all don't get mad at me. They haven't even had sex in years. Breathe. She says, now listen to what she says. Am I going to have pleasure in old age? I mean, they ain't even been able to do it, much less have a baby. 
Oh, dear, dear. Yeah, uh, if I could get over y'all being so spiritual, we could have church. <laughs> There's a lot of good stuff in this Bible, and we could just talk about it. We just... So this is what he's looking at. He's looking at his body, and he's looking at mama. You're the father. <laughs> yeah, God, yeah. I want you to show you what God does. 15.1, after these things, the word of the Lord came to Abraham and says, Don't be afraid. I'm your shield, your exceeding great reward. Lord God, what are you going to give me? I'm going childless. So that's why I had to... That's why he had to, you know, Abraham said, look, you've given me no offspring. Then one more in my house and there, behold, the Lord of the Lord came and says, this will not be your heir, but one coming from your own body. He brought him outside and said, look toward heaven and start counting stars. What is he doing? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven. That's a lot of stars. Abraham, they're not stars, they're children. Do you see it? I do. I do. Those are children. Those are my children. So he changes his name to father of a multitude. God changed your name to in Christ. My name is Daryl in Christ. I'm in Christ. What's that for? It's to change my image. Remember Sunday we're talking about men? The problem with manhood is they don't see themselves the way God sees them. When a man sees that he is made in the image of God, he'll stop sinning. I'm made in the image of God. This is also why I don't go down the road with celebrity preachers. I'm not less than Copeland. I don't see myself that way. And I won't let you do it. Because I'm not going down that road. Don't you go down that road either. If I can just get you to see yourself the way God sees you, your image of you would change. Your actions would change, and you would pull that from the spirit realm in. I started confessing sin has no dominion over me, and when I saw it, I stopped sinning. But I saw it. I went, oh, my God, I'm not a sinner. Bang. That image and those words pulled that. And gave me the grace to walk away. That's why people who go, I am gay, act like girls. It's what they see. It's a lie, but they pulled that from the spirit realm in. That would work the other way if you'd get them to change what they see. All right, let's go to another one. Genesis 30. How are we doing for time? We're good. Genesis 30. We're going to, uh, I'm going to try to close. I don't know if I'll be able to close. Fear is faith and hopelessness. 
I'll, I'll try to go to that. Okay. Genesis 30. Let's look at this. We'll go real quick. Verse 25. It came to pass when Rachel was, was born, Joseph and Jacob said to Laban, send me away that I may go to my own place and my own country and give me my wives and my children for whom I have served you and let me go from uh, know my service what I have done for you. And Laban said, please stay if I found favor in your eyes for I have learned by experience the Lord has blessed me because you're here. And he said, name your wages. Now he, he's lying. And Jacob said, you know how I have served you and, and taken care of your livestock. For what you had before I came was little and has increased to a great amount. The Lord has blessed you since I came. And now when, when shall I also provide for my own house? And he said, what shall I give you? And Jacob said, you're not, you're not going to give me anything. You don't give me nothing. If you'll do this thing for me, I will feed and keep your flocks. Let me pass through all your flock today and remove from there all the speckled and spotted sheep, the brown ones among the lambs, and the spotted and speckled among the goats, and these will be my wages. Now, let's stop for a minute. White sheep don't make speckled sheep. And all he has is white sheep. Now, I want you to notice the statement that Laban makes to him. Very, very important that you see this. So my righteousness will answer for me in time to come when the subject of my wages comes before you and everyone that is not speckled and spotted among the goats and the brown lambs will be considered stolen. And Laban said, oh, I wish that what you just said is true. You know what he's saying? You're going to work for me till you die because I have just one more time pulled the wool over you. Because in the natural, that don't happen. All right. So we removed that day the male goats that were speckled and spotted and all the female boats that were speckled and spotted goats. And they had some white in it and all the brown ones among the lambs and gave them to the hands of his sons. And he put them three days away. Now Jacob took for himself rods of green poplar and almonds and chest, chestnut trees and peeled white stripes and exposed them to the sheep, to the rods. And the rods which he peeled, he set before the flocks and the gutters in the watering troughs where the flocks came to drink so they would conceive when they came to drink. So the flocks conceived before the rods and the flocks brought forth streaked, speckled, and spotted. You become what you see. Yes. Yep. One more time. You will always become what you're looking at. I don't, I don't watch men of God or people who fail. I on purpose look at the ones that are doing well because I need to see it. And I'm becoming what I'm looking at. I don't sing country western music. I don't see it. Are y'all out there? Some of y'all need to turn the radio off. You're listening to garbage and wanting a better life. We can't pray you past all the stupid things you're watching on TV. 
watch violence and you're going to get violent. I used to watch John Wayne, and the, and the way I fixed everything was I hit somebody. <laughs> Y'all never watched Big Jake? I let Lisa watch it the other day. One of the grandsons got it for me, and I said, you should watch this. And you'll see what I went through before I got saved. But I don't watch John Wayne anymore. That's not what I want to do when y'all aren't doing right. <laughs> you don't want me to do that either, right? <laughs> How many of y'all, this is, you get it, you see it. I'm, boy, my God, I see this. Faith is the substance of what you, hopeful, whatever you desire. What do you desire? Now. How do you see your kids? Ours are redeemed, walking with God, married. They're not going to override mom and dad's faith. I'm going to tell you this right now. I just said something good. Y'all, you guys got to get this. On fire for God, living for Jesus. Don't worry, Justin. We're praying pretty women. Pretty women. Gorgeous. Come on, come on, y'all. Come on. We set the table for Josh, Justin, and Jordan, their wives. We just don't do it when they're there. <laughs> Go down to chapter 31. I'm going to show you something. Anyway, they, had, they, they started having a lot of speckled sheep and goats is what happened. 31.7, it says, your father has deceived me and changed my wages ten times. But God did not allow him to hurt me. And thus he said, the speckled shall be your wages, and all the flocks are speckled. And then he said, your streaked will be your wages, and the flocks start being streaked. So God has taken away the livestock of your father and gave it to me. And it happened at the time when the flocks conceived that I lifted my eyes and I saw in a dream. What is God doing? He's giving him dreams. Why is he giving him dreams? It's what he sees. When God wanted to change a nation, he gave Joseph a dream. When God wanted to change the world, he gave Kenneth Hagin a dream of a Bible school. Oh, y'all see, God can move anytime he can get a man to dream it. Don't worry about God's end of it. God will do his part. He is going to do the impossible part. That's not your concern. When you're laying in the hospital, you see yourself up. You see yourself home taking care of your family. You see yourself at church. You see yourself snow skiing. You see yourself doing God. And then you get the Bible to back it up. If you're out of work, Dream of your job. Stay there. Don't talk about, don't talk about what you ain't got. Talk about what you do got. My God meets all of my needs according to his riches and glory. Therefore, 
Your imagination is awesome. Now, it's a, I, don't want, I don't even want to tell you what God is showing me inside of me because you wouldn't believe it. I've already seen places that I will be preaching and you would not believe it. But he's showing me so I get pregnant with it. Now here's something else he did. Years ago, while I'm praying, I started seeing myself laying hands on people and then recovering. That went on for a half a year before it ever happened. You're going to have to get pregnant with it first. Your kids. Let's, let's talk about your husbands a minute. How do you think he's ever going to get saved while you see him as a heathen? You old heathen, you, you cook your own dinner, by God. He, he's going to hell. And you sending him. But what if? Hey, man of God. Come on, man of God. What you want for dinner? Well, you don't know my husband. I don't care. I don't need to know your husband. I'm going to tell you something. I know God. Peter looked, Jesus looked at Peter and said, you a rock. Peter goes, me? Who are you talking to? He goes, you're a man of God. He goes, <laughs> and he became it too. Gideon, you're a mighty man of God. He goes, I'm over here hiding. I'm a coward. You're no coward. You're a mighty man of God. I'm doing real good. You need to look in the mirror and just talk to yourself. And you handsome thing, you. Man, you good, man. You good, you good. You dripping in the sauce, man. You blessed coming in, blessed going out. Abraham's blessing is yours. My God, you got hair. Now, if, someone, if we didn't have a Bible, people think we, we, you, you're just crazy. No, no, not either. Your mouth and your imagination together are very, very, very powerful. I'm doing real good. I got one more scripture. I'm out of time, but I got one more scripture. Y'all ready for this? Everybody say, I think he did good tonight. Jill's going to go home and go, I sure miss that good-looking man. 2 Corinthians 4, go there. Now, I'm going to tell you all something. It's absolutely true, and I hope I don't embarrass Lisa. I look at my wife every day the sun comes up, and I say, you are one very beautiful woman. And I made her that way. <laughs> you know why? Because she sees it. 
I'm, I'm not playing with y'all. I don't. I'm going to tell you something. You, you need to watch what you say to people. You cranky old man, you old goat. And then you want him to get up and go to work for you? I know it is, Shirley. I'm talking. Amen. Tim, you good-looking fella. You man, you little fireball for Jesus, man. Tim is a good guy. All right, let's look at this one. I'm going to show you this. We're going to close. 2 Corinthians 4.18. While we do not look at the things that we can see with our naked eye, but we do look at the things we can't see. For the things that we see with our naked eye are temporary, but the things that we cannot see with our naked eye, they are eternal. Amen. Now, let's stop with this. You are blessed. You are the healed. Yes, I am. You are the righteous. Yes, I am. You are full of the wisdom of God. Yes. You are full of the very life that raised Jesus from the dead. Yes. You're full of joy. Yes. You are healthy. Yes. You are the body of the Lord Jesus Christ. You have authority over all the work of the enemy. Yes. Nothing will hurt you. I'm painting good. I'm painting. I'm painting on your soul. Paint on your soul. Paint on your soul. Don't you get no pity? Ain't nobody even calls me. Shut up. That's why nobody calls you, you ugly thing, you. Who'd want to talk to you anyway? Oh, you ain't call me. How am I doing? Absolutely. I'm out of time, but I'm going to tell you something, and, and, and I'm just going to say this real fast. When I started shooting a handgun, I couldn't hit a beer can at three yards. And I decided, I started watching on YouTube people that were great. And I started calling myself a master. I see it. I just made expert. I'm one of the three fastest shots in Central Florida. Best shots in Central Florida. But I'm not done. It, didn't, it started in my soul. I took my Bible and learned to shoot a gun. And I thought to myself, if this would work with a, with a gun, this would work on Lisa. No, I'm teasing. Are you, this, I'm, I'm telling y'all something. The, the sports world knows this. The church world is what doesn't know it. As a man thinks, so is he. Boy, if God could ever just get, you, get your mind renewed to the Word of God. And you have a book telling you who you are. I don't entertain thoughts of loser, dumb, stupid, broke, poor, mistreated, victim. I don't go down that road. I have before. I don't know. They've done me wrong. 
Well, I got two minutes. I don't know what to do with it. How many of y'all, I mean, honestly, look at me. Does this help you? There's a lot of things God wants to do in your life. He's waiting on you to start dreaming again. I don't care how old you are. No matter how old you are. Joshua and Caleb, they're old geezers. He said, you give me that mountain, I'll take that thing. And he was still as strong at 80 as he was when he was 20-something. Now, I've been looking at that scripture. And I've been going, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Ain't no sense in looking old and fat when, when, when you don't have to. Lisa's going, keep looking, baby. You keep looking. When I watch TV and it tells all the medicine movie commercials, I curse everyone. I, I bind you, Satan, in Jesus' name. This help y'all? Whatever you desire. What's going on in your head right now? Jill, you, are you, is this, this question? You're just worshiping God. Come on up here and say something. You had not changed a bit. You make me want to preach. I can't even imagine that. It only works for certain people. So I want to encourage you because this is exactly, I was just saying to Miss Lisa back there, this is exactly what we do. I work with women and, and sometimes men, but mostly women. I work with women that have been in the streets, have been in jail, have been um, their whole life abused physically, verbally, sexually. Um, I work with women from just every walk of life. And it doesn't always mean they're in the ghetto, though I work with people that have come out of the ghetto and they're trying to come out of the ghetto. But the ghetto gets in them or that thinking gets in them. So you say, yeah, but I, I know how to do that and I can do that for me. But it's not always just about you. It's about if you can learn how to start to say to your soul, oh, my soul, magnify God. When we start to do that, for ourselves, it's not just about us. The whole purpose is that if God can start to help you and me start to see what he says, because it's not his dream he's living out, it's God's dream. Isn't that right? See, we, we can all have our own dream. And that's what happens when we start going on American Idol. I don't want to be anybody's idol. I want, to go, I want to glorify God. If God wants me to sing before thousands, then I'll sing before thousands. But if God says, that's not what I'm asking you to do. I want you to do something else. Will you give your dream up to get God's dream? That's the real question. And then when you get God's dream, you'll find that he knows you better than you know yourself. And, he'll, and you'll find out that, wow, God, I'm so glad I didn't do that. I'm so glad I did it your way and not my way. And not only that, but when you start to see how God will work in you, now you can go out and reach to someone else and say, I just want to tell you what God says about you. 
I want to begin to help you. I want to begin to help you see. No, you're not a loser. You are worth a pre- you are worth a precious price that God has paid himself for you. And people need to hear that. You say, but we we live in a place where the gospel's always preached. It doesn't mean that they've really heard it. Because they don't know it, and they haven't lived it, and because they don't believe it. If they, if they can have someone come alongside them. See, Moses needed two people to stand beside him and lift his arms because he got tired. People need to see it work in you. It's not just because they don't necessarily want to hear about the Bible until they see, does it work for you? Because if it works for you, then I can start to have faith. Amen? So it's not, is this for you? Absolutely it is. But it's more than just about the people in this room. Then you come alongside and you say, God, I'm asking you to give me someone, even if it's just one. I'm asking you to put me in someone's life. I'm asking you, Lord God, open up a door of utterance that I may declare the mystery of God through salvation and then let me walk with them and help me just to give give to me so I can pour into them. Amen? I want to encourage you. This isn't just some good preaching. He's a great preacher, but he's not great because Daryl is great. He's great because God is great. And because God has done these things in him, and he says, I must go tell. I must go ahead and tell what God has done for me so that you can get it, so that you can take it out there. Amen? Be encouraged, church, because there is a great harvest still ahead of us as the body of Christ. And we need to continue to be about our Father's work. Amen? Hallelujah. You ready to pray? Heavenly Father, you're the father of dreams and visions. You gave a dream and a vision to Abraham. You gave a dream and a vision to Joseph. You used Jacob. You gave him dreams and visions. And you gave him to Jesus. He, for the joy set before him, he saw people saved because of what he was doing. He saw it. Father God, it's time for us to start seeing. Holy Spirit, you're the one in us that starts impregnating us with dreams and visions that you want us to do. They may look impossible. They may not look like they would work. But I'm asking you to start showing us things in the Word of God. Take what belongs to Jesus and get us pregnant with what belongs to us. What is in that spirit realm you want us to bring over here now? Father God, so right now I commit this church into your hands and the people that are in it, especially these young people, they've got a great future. And I'm asking you, you lead them and guide them where you want them to go. In Jesus' name, everybody said. Thank you for listening to this powerful message by Pastor Daryl Morgan. We hope it blesses you. If you would like more info on Word of Life, sermons, and free downloads, please go to wordoflifeapopka.com. Thank you and have a blessed day.